Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Rocketing in to join me is an old buddy. Uh, His and my uh, radio history cross paths years ago. We worked at a New York radio station. At the same time, I haven't seen his smiling face in years. I'm missing a whole bunch of people because of COVID, but uh, Scotty Seidenberg, I haven't seen in years, and that's his fault. I'm not going to take any of the blame for that. Uh, he is doing a podcast these days for Believe Podcast, the football betting show. Scott Seidenberg joins us here on CBS Sports Radio. How you been, Scotty? Jody Mack, it's always great to hear your voice. I love listening to you, and uh, I miss you as well. And, yes, it is my fault that we haven't <laughs> I think I reached out last. That's the only reason why I can get away with that. Uh, so uh, glad to hear you, and uh, glad to get you on with me for a couple of minutes here. Um, you need to answer the question that I just asked. Go as deep as you want. Two, four, six, Eight, how many guys in the National Football League right now do you think have a legitimate shot at the MVP at the end of the season? A legitimate shot at the MVP is different than who I think deserves the MVP. Because I only think there's two guys that have a legitimate shot at the MVP. And that's Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. I do think that there are more players that are deserving. There are non-quarterbacks that are deserving. Uh, but I don't think that a non-quarterback is going to win the MVP. I, I think it's going to come down to Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes. Okay. I went three deep, certainly the two that you had, and like you, I've got them one, two. And then third, I have to put Ben Roethlisberger in the mix because his team is sitting at 11-0, and and there is the possibility that he can go 16-0, and and it's going to be pretty hard to not give a quarterback who takes his team to 16-0 and at least MVP consideration. So that's what got him in third right now. But I'm intrigued by your non-quarterback uh, potential guys. Who are you suggesting should at least be getting uh, a look-see? Well, before this week, I would have said Derrick Henry, but he did absolutely nothing. And that's no fault of his own because the team just got absolutely blown out. But I thought Derrick Henry was my up on uh, top of my list of non-quarterbacks that deserved MVP consideration. When you look at the season – 
that the Tennessee Titans had had up until today's game against the Browns, you could make the argument that he is the most important part of that team and sitting in first place in the AFC South and at 8-3 and three prior to today, I would have said Derrick Henry would have been my number three MVP choice. Understood. And he did go by the boards today. And he wasn't terrible, but uh, Cleveland got such a lead, it did take the ball out of uh, his hands. You are correct about that. Um, despite the loss, you still think the Titans are a team to be reckoned with come playoff time, or are they a one-and-done squad? Yeah, I, no, I think they, they can put up a fight because of the formula, right? Run the football and play defense. Now, defensively today, I have no idea what happened. I personally picked the Titans minus the four points and got absolutely blown out. But sometimes, Jody, you know this game. It's better to lose like that than to lose like, say, you had Jets money line or something, and then you lost that way. Uh, I'd rather get blown out, which is what happened to the Titans. I still think they have the right playoff format, which is hand the ball off to Derrick Henry and play stout defense. And, and for everything that happens with this team, let's not forget, Ryan Tannehill is a winning quarterback ever since he got to Tennessee. They have the playoff pedigree based off what happened last season. So I do think that they're, they're a team that actually can win a game, maybe even two in the postseason, we'll see. Fair enough. They did last year. We'll see if they can reproduce that again this season. Uh, no, I didn't go to that game because I will admit I was a little scared of the Browns because I've been lining up against the Browns too often this year. And I said, I'm going to stay away from it this week because if they win, I'm going to have to go on the air and give them a ton of credit, even though I've done very little (laughs) of that this year. So I I did stay away from the game. I already gave the Browns a ton of credit. How much credit are you giving them? Well, you know what's amazing? For all the talk about Mike Tomlin and maybe Brian Flores for coach of the year, Kevin Stefanski has done the best job out of any head coach in the NFL. And I don't think that there's any argument about that. They're going to make the playoffs for the first time in over a decade. They're 9-3 and right now. They're playing as good as anybody in the NFL. What disturbs me about them, and and tell me if you agree with this, Jody, they're the only playoff team right now that actually has, well, besides the New York football Giants, that actually has a negative point differential. And I usually look at point differential, and I, you know, they say that that's an indicator in other sports, but in football it is. Right. They're getting outscored. And I, that's a red flag for me. And that's why I went against them today with the Titans, and that's why I may go against them when it comes postseason time. But that should send, set up a red flag. But, man, Kevin Stefanski has done a tremendous job, and he should be the coach of the year right now. I said the same thing earlier, and I was a Flores guy a couple of weeks ago. But I was perplexed by the way he's handled Tua the last few weeks. He goes to him when he goes to him. Then they uh, pull him from a game when the game was yet to be decided. And they put Fitzpatrick in. And, yeah, he got him down there and could have tied it up. But throws a pick in the end zone, which is Ryan Fitzpatrick's career. Making big plays and making game-killing plays. And no one should be shocked by that result. And then they go back to Tua today again, and they win, even though he hasn't put up mega boppo numbers yet. That's my only problem with Flores, because the Miami defense is real. And, yeah, they didn't face much of a challenge today, but Cincinnati did nothing against them. I I think Flores is a very good coach, but do you like or agree or disagree on how they're handling Tua? Well, speaking of defensively, they're the only team in the NFL to record a turnover in every single game that they've played this year. So that's yep. how good the Dolphins' defense has been. As far as the quarterback control has gone, I don't hate it. 
Now, there is the side that says if you have two quarterbacks, that means you don't have one, right? And when the game's on the line, who do you trust? Are you going to go to Fitzpatrick? Are you going to go to Tua? Are you going to flip-flop back and forth? I actually don't hate it because I think each game should be treated as its own separate entity. And you have to do what you have to do to win that one football game and not worry about what's going to happen for the rest of the season. And so as a head coach, too many times – People worry about, like, like what's going on in Philadelphia, Jody, and you're very familiar. Are you going to pull Carson Wentz for Jalen Hurts? Or what message is that going to send to the quarterback that has an extension that's going to kick in for X amount of millions of dollars? I don't like that attitude. I think you have to coach to win each individual football game, and that's what Brian Flores is doing with his quarterbacks, and I think that that's why he's having success. I think it's a balancing act, and it isn't a rote answer. I think that's where you and I can agree. Uh, sometimes it might not be obvious, but you're doing something to win that one individual game, but I don't think you can ever turn your back on the big picture and, and long-term and the like. Um, so uh, I, I had a problem with how we handled Tua, but they got back and they won again today, and they look like a true playoff team. Speaking of playoff teams in the AFC East, the Cardinals had a chance to do everybody a solid last week and kind of stick the knife in the, the heart of the Patriots. And they missed out on the opportunity. Patriots then go across uh, country and blow away the charges. And all of a sudden, they're a 500 team and they're in the playoff mix. And Bill Belichick, still Bill Belichick, the last time I looked. Uh, how many teams are going to be ticked off at the Cardinals if you uh, go by the same assumption I do, that that could have been a season-ending loss last week? How many are ticked off that the Cardinals couldn't put Bill Belichick and the Patriots down? Well, I think a lot of people, because the worst thing you can get is a motivated Cam Newton and a motivated Bill Belichick and a healthy New England Patriots team. How about today, though, right? Everyone talks about Bill Belichick's record against rookie quarterbacks. Oh, my goodness, it showed today against Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert was probably the best-looking rookie quarterback that we've seen in, in several years, and all of a sudden uh, he just got dominated today. But look at the schedule for the Patriots. They got the Rams, the Dolphins, the Bills before the cupcake end of the season game against the Jets. Six and six is nice, but I think they go one and two in these next three games, and that's going to keep them out of the playoffs. Okay, so you don't think they're going to get there. We shall see. Uh, You brought up Cam, which is another question that I wanted to ask you. Got a couple of quarterbacks that may be on the move this offseason. Maybe either the team is looking to go another direction or their contract, whatever. Um, Three guys. I'm going to give you three names. I want you to put them in order for me. Knowing full well that with one, you're inheriting a contract. Uh, the other, you're trying to get a contract done. The other, you got a contract that you may look at as a plus. But I'm just asking you to, to put them in order of the viability on the trade, mar- trade and or free agent market. Cam Newton, Carson Wentz, Sam Darnold. If you were a team looking to get yourself a new quarterback – and you can either go free agent with Cam or make a trade for Sam Donald, cost you what it costs you, and his contract situation what it is, or take on Carson Wentz and think a change of scenery can get him back to MVP-level play like he showed in 2017. What order are you putting those three guys in? I think Sam Donald won because I don't think we've seen just how good Sam Donald can be. He's had every disadvantage that you could have as a quarterback coming into the league, changing coaches, changing coordinators, and we're just not going to see what his potential is until he gets some level of consistency. I used to say that about Tony Romo 
who used to have a different offensive coordinator, it seemed, every single season. I think Sam Donald has a lot of talent. He certainly showed it at times, and he has certainly shown at times that he is still a young quarterback that needs to grow. It's like in baseball, Jody, right? There's always going to be a pitching coach out there, <clears throat> Rick Peterson, that thinks that he could fix a guy, right? There is going to be a coach or a coordinator out there that thinks that they can turn one of these guys into their prized possession. Sam Darnold would be number one on my list, and then I would go Cam Newton, too, before I would go to Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz's contract is too much to take on. I don't think the Eagles get rid of him because I don't think they're going to get enough in return for him unless they completely want to cut ties. And I see too many red flags with Carson in the way that he plays as opposed to his ability. He holds on to the football way too much. It's not just the reason it's not just the offensive line as the reason why he's the most stacked quarterback in the NFL. He's indecisive and he holds on to the football too long. And I think that that is just to me why I would put him third on that list. I, I'm not a big Carson Wentz fan at all. And I'm a bigger fan than you are, but I do think the uh, Eagles could try and trade him. The cap hit, the dead cap money hit they would take would be lessened significantly by trade rather than cutting him. I think there's no chance that they'll cut him, but they will trade him and they may actually have to put a pick in the deal. It could be Carson plus a sixth or seventh round pick for nothing in exchange, just to get him off their cap going forward if the Eagles go there. We got a couple of games to go, but that's you know, going to you know be where a... You should go, Jody. How about the Indianapolis Colts? Yeah. You reunite him with Frank Reich, who led him to that MVP season, and who knows how many years Phillip Rivers has left, if he even has a couple of years left. Why not? Yeah, well, then, then let me add Rivers to the list. Is he fourth out of those guys? Because he's going to be a free agent at the end of the season. You're right. I don't even know if he plays again. He might only play maybe one more year. If that, he might just retire. But I think that that is an interesting situation to watch because I could also see Sam Donald going to the Colts as well. Yeah, and uh, I think Carson Carson's name will certainly be tied to Indy, but uh, I think that uh, Sam does make a lot of sense. All right, uh, we uh, sort of touched on the Giants. They get maybe the biggest surprise win of the day going to Seattle and beating the Seahawks. I have to give their defense a ton of credit. They played well today. Seattle's got one of the best offenses, and they just flat out shot them down, uh, shut them down. But they've been doing it for a couple of weeks now. I know they're 5-7. and seven, and I have gone on record as saying that I think that the winner in that division is going to win six games. If the Giants get to seven, I think they win it handily. Um, are, can they can they put up a defense against someone coming in if they win that division below five hundred but get the host a game? Can they actually win a playoff game this year? The NYG. The last two times that a sub-500 team has won a division and made the playoffs and hosted that playoff game, they both won those playoff games, Jody. Right. It was the Panthers and the, and the Seattle Seahawks. Remember the Marshawn Lynch uh, uh, earthquake game? The Giants can absolutely do it because we saw it today in a one-game bubble. And I know we're saying bubble in COVID times, but in a one-game bubble scenario, they have shown that they have the defensive effort and they didn't do much offensively, but they did enough to get the win today. I love the way this team fights. There's no quit in this team. I think Joe Judge deserves a ton of credit. Jason Garrett is doing what he can with the limited weapons that he has offensively, but he does have some weapons in Evan Ingram and others. I think the Giants can absolutely win a playoff game, and I certainly think that they will be a very live home underdog 
in that first round of the playoffs that you're going to want to bet on. Fair enough. All right, uh, I want to get your take on one of the games yet to be played uh, moving on to Monday Night Football. Bills are on the road, and they're playing the 49ers. But the 49ers aren't home. They'll be designated as a home team, but because of COVID restrictions in their county, they've got to move and go down and play in Arizona Stadium, which they certainly know because they play there every single year. But they got to get on a plane and stay in a hotel and basically does everything a road team does. Uh, when I checked it yesterday, and I haven't doubled down on it today, um, the 49ers were actually a favorite in this game, one-point favorite as a home team that's not really a home team. The Bills are the better squad. I don't quite understand that. And if I don't understand the line, uh, I got to at least think it through again. It seems like an easy Bill selection to me. Do you think that the better team is going to win here, or is there something more than meets the eye? Doesn't it seem like one of those fishy lines that you have to stay away from because you just don't know why it is a certain way? Uh, maybe there's just money coming in on the 49ers or and some big bets, sharp money moving the line. But you're right. The Buffalo Bills are the more complete team, I'll say. But what I watched last week was a healthy 49ers team. And, and you no, know, not with the quarterback, but Raheem Mostert back, Jeff Wilson back, Debo Samuel had a monster game. The 49ers get healthy, and they are a dangerous team. You're right. They're not at home. And I don't think that the traditional three-point line here should go into effect because they're not home. So if you want to say that if this game was in Buffalo, that the Bills would be favored by less than a, less than a field goal, I don't agree with that. I think they'd be favored by more than a field goal. I think Buffalo is the right side of this game. And it does confuse me like it confuses you that this line is the 49ers with a small favorite. No, well, that's a good sign because I'm uh, leaning on San Francisco. I made my picks last night in San Francisco, uh, against San Francisco. Bills were one of my selections, uh, and I think they need it. And if they needed added motivation, tell me if you think uh, Buffalo can use this at all, getting prepped for the game, their coaching staff. The Patriots didn't die, as I stated earlier. They had a chance. Not only are they not dead yet, they look pretty good uh, winning by 45 today. And the Dolphins did exactly what they needed to do to stay right on the flank. How do you think a coach like McDermott get, can get his players stirred up by using other results when they've got a later game in a week? Yeah, I think it's clear that you're watching, and maybe more so the Dolphins than the Patriots, because the Dolphins are right on their heels. You know, the Bills lose this game, and then all of a sudden the division is is up for grabs. Uh, I believe those two teams will meet the final game of the season, so that could be an AFC East championship game. But you have to look at the Bills' schedule here. They play the 49ers. Then they go up against the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers Sunday night football next week. So you don't want to look ahead to that game, but that's a game that people are circling saying it could be the Steelers' first loss of the season. Then they have to travel two miles high to play the Broncos, always a tough place to play on the road. Then you have the Patriots before you play the Dolphins in that final game of the season. This is not an easy schedule. You have to take care of the games that you should win, and they should win against a less complete 49ers team. So that's where you have to motivate your team. Take care of business now, and let's not worry about what's coming up in the next couple of weeks. Good. I feel better about my uh, pick on Buffalo. Good uh, job reassuring the host. All right, last thing, um, and if you make me, I'll look it up on your uh, podcast. Uh, your preseason Super Bowl participants were who? 
It was the Kansas City Chiefs going back-to-back, and I know that that's a chalk pick, but to me they were the best team you know, going into this season, and I thought they were going to be the best team again. So it was the Kansas City Chiefs and the Green Bay Packers in the Super Bowl with the Chiefs winning uh, a second straight Super Bowl. You got, a, you got a chance to be dead on right. Good for you. Uh, my Ravens, I tried to beat the Chiefs uh, because they were chalk. Uh, selection is looking a little shaky now. And I've already given up on my 49er thing. And they could actually sneak in and grab that last wild card spot. But they're not going back to the Super Bowl again. But we shall see. Scotty, good to catch up, brother. Peace. Appreciate the insight. Uh, yes, you owe me uh, a, at least a text. If not a call, get on that. I will get on that anytime, Jody. I love speaking to you, and I love hearing your voice. It's good to talk to you. My pleasure. He works uh, for Bleed Podcasts. His show is the football betting show. Scott Seidenberg here with us on CBS Sports Radio, a former nationally syndicated guy for a couple other networks that we won't mention. But uh, Scotty's been doing his thing for a while, almost as long as yours truly. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.